Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 102. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com. We're excited to have with us the creative team of Bardic Versus, Matt Sumo and Pete Collins. Matt and Pete, thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, You're definitely. welcome. Yeah, and you guys just had your Kickstarter was launched yesterday as of this recording. And right now it's 64% to your goal. So... Um, I don't want to, you know, the, the the karmic deities of of, of saying anything of that, but I've, you're that is a really good first start. So, yeah, so congratulations in advance on that. I'm excited to talk to you all about this. Um, it's you know, looking at it, you know, just seeing some of your previous interviews that you've that, and you know, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll do a deep dive into it. But it's amazing to see Pete what the, your artwork you've done these odes to you know, different styles of, of, of comics, which is amazing on itself. Um, and, wow. and also Matt, I know you said like in there, this is the funnest project you've worked on. So yep. we want to talk about that a bit, but first let's, it, so the two of you kind of met at work. So there was this, you know, eyes across the room at a, at a Christmas party thing. That yeah. Happened. Yeah. Typical eighties rom-com kind of thing, you know? <laughs> We were like, people. People were like, you know, hey, this guy, this guy's written some comics, and I was like, oh. And then, you know, he saw some stuff that I had hanging around the building, and he's like, who's the artist? And then it was just, just love, love at first sight. You know, they call that. Uh, it was a meet cute in the biz. Yes, they call that. <laughs> but meet is spelled M-E-A-T. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, with our size, it has to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and so that because because Matt, you've done you've worked a lot in uh, in, in the field uh, for for quite some time, and you know you're you know you're, you you kind of got started on uh, working at was it Double Take for a bit. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and so you've been doing that. For, you've been doing that for a while. So you've and you've played around with some comic anthologies in the past, and that's how the two of you, you kind of grabbed Pete and say, "Hey, can you do a pinup for me?" Um, at one of your uh, at your your last was it your last anthology you did correct? Uh, it was the one. I think it was the one before that. Um, so the last one I did was Deadbeats. The one before that was um, it was a wrestling anthology called Kayfabe Volume Three. Right. Okay, and that was the kid. That was three years ago, correct? Uh, give or take, was it that long ago? Was it three years was ago? It? Wow, <laughs> time where, like really blends together. These where days. did those days go? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so fast forward. So, the in between this three years, talk about talk to us a bit about what transpired between Kayfabe Volume. Was it Volume Three? You said. Yeah. Between yeah. that and the fact that, so was this a, like a, a work in progress? You said like this um, bardic verse has kind of been inspired by the, you know, the Witcher and, you know, how the bard is always the tertiary character in any in any D and D campaign. Um, and the, 
I, I, I'm in a D&D campaign now where I actually am playing the bard specifically nice. for the same reasons why you guys say <laughs> sort of like, that way I don't have to quite pay attention to the game. I can just like do, do bardic inspiration or do heroism and then yep. Um, but you, so, so what happened in between? So you, you mentioned like, you know, this kind of gets, you know, the, the Witcher kind of help inspired, but the Witcher came out last year. So there was like a, a year or so. So, how did you guys keep talking and were you actively trying to find a project to work together or how did that work? So um, after kayfabe volume three, Pete and I were like talking back and forth. Uh, we were sort of working on a project um, that had a lot of start and stops to it. Um, right now it's, it's on indefinite hiatus until we figure out what we want to do next with it. Um, but Pete was initially just going to color that book um we had another illustrator on there um our buddy nick who was going to do um all the sequentials our buddy carlos is going to ink it and then pete would color it um but then pete and i like on the side we're just talking about like you know something else to work on in the meantime like while we were waiting for pages uh for pete to work on uh and then we would just started spitballing ideas back and forth and he you know he brought up a bard and that like when he started talking about the bard and we were talking about the witcher i i don't know why but like i immediately thought of um i thought of like a set list right so a uh, musical artist will play a concert they'll play a set list they'll usually play the greatest hits mm. um i thought of you know sometimes they play songs that are not like their styles right they'll play something that's out of their catalog they'll do a cover song or whatever um so I, I thought, oh, that, this would be a cool idea. Like if we utilize this um, format of, of a set list for a comic and just say that this bard is performing these or, you know, telling these stories, performing these songs in different styles. So then the different styles of music can translate it to different styles of art. So I, you know, I told Pete that idea. I was like, hey, what do you think about this? We started spitballing ideas as far as um, what artists he would want to replicate. And then we were off to the races like it was once we had the the bones to this book like it was just all systems go right and and, and pete for you so you know when 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 you the two of you're talking about this so was it always going to be you doing different art styles or was there ever a talk where you're like hey let's grab some other artists in here or was that always going to be uh it was it was always that was always the plan um you know um I, I like to think that I'm versatile and um, I, I like to challenge myself and I couldn't think of it. I, I can't think of any other challenge than drawing outside of my comfort realm, you know? Right. So, um, so that was always the plan was to do, to do these different songs or sections of the story in a different art style. And um, you know, the first one that we did um isn't really a, uh him performing a song it's actually him kind of thinking back it's it's within the first couple of pages of the book um and we go we go right into a kirby style and that was the first one that i had done that you know took me away from my style there he is right. look at him and it was um you know um i had a blast with it you know i was it, that's not how i draw and mm. you know i was diving into anything i could find and and that 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 adds a little lay to it too, right? Because if it were me drawing my style that I'm comfortable with, it would move along, I think, a little bit faster. But to have to stop to 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 dive into 
you know, curvy art and there's so much of it. Um, and, and some of it hard to digest, but in a good way. Um, <laughs> so it's, um, you know, having to train, to train myself to draw like him without being too curvy, you know? Right. So it was, it, it, it was interesting. Um, and, and of course you pull a lot, you pull a lot of good things out of that and, um, a lot of bad things, you know, like, uh, you know, I had to, I, the things that I learned most of it I kept, but then I also had to unlearn certain things, you know, um, just kind of like dissecting artists or other artists' styles. Um, it definitely an experience. So, right. Now, so, so for you, for you, Matt, did you also kind of have to tweak your writing style to match with some of that? Because some of these like Disney fied or some of them, like, you know, you have like the Bill Watterson, you got the Frank Miller. Did you have to, do the same amount of study that, you know, Pete did to say, I need to make the sound different also. Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of that. I will say um, in one of the stories we do, uh, there's heavy Frank Miller influence. So uh, a lot of that is very uh, like caption heavy. Like you're, you're reading the main characters like inner monologue through the whole thing. Right. Um, so I really had to, to go overboard on that i think um and then for disney um i had to write a straight up musical number so, <laughs> um and that was I, I i still like i'm still sort of like uneasy about it like i don't know if it's if it's any good i actually might bring in a friend of ours who uh studied musical theater who was who like performed in in musicals and just ask her to take a look at it and be like hey is this okay like does this sound good like can you see this being in a production um but yeah i definitely there was some stuff where i had to get into that headspace and then most of it um i was fortunate enough to kind of write in in my voice which is good right um and so so let me ask so this is this is the, the the beautiful part about kind of doing an anthology setting, but only working with one artist, and also working with one writer. Hmm. Do you guys have a favorite story where you said I learned a lot from that, or like my that really tried, you know that that really pushed me to the edge, but I think I came out better on doing this piece. Was there anything for you, Pete, that you oh, actually yeah. it actually helped out your um, your uh, your base style? Uh, yeah, there was, there was, um, there's a section of the book that's very, um, extreme. Um, it's, it's a little, uh, life, lifeldian. And, um, I, I, I wouldn't say that I learned what to do by doing that section, but I learned, I, I did learn a few shortcuts, right? Like things like, you know, how to angle faces, I guess. But, um, <laughs> but there's, uh, there, there were certain things where it was like, after I was done drawing that, and I went back to doing my own style, it was like, okay, I do this for a particular reason, you know, so it was right. almost, yeah, I, I found some reassurance in how I draw, not to say I'm, I'm better, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going that route, but there, but I'm different, you know, right. and um, you know, there were just there were things. It was a breath of fresh air when I when I finished the, that that last page of that one, right. um, uh, and I really did I really did enjoy um, the the Bill Watterson page. That's a, that's mm -hmm. a single page story, and um, I don't I don't I don't typically get too cartoony, um, so that one was a nice a nice change up. Mm -hmm. You know, it was it was nice to kind of play with that and to kind of utilize more brush like uh features 
in my um in my tablet so that was that was a cool one right and what do you use for um so you use a tablet do you use procreate when you did this or what was it? uh i do now uh <laughs> I, I i i do now um the first so the first five pages i actually drew on a uh on an ipad air uh i used um like a lower grade drawing app called art studio which isn't horrible it's just not you know it doesn't have too many bells or whistles and it um it's very basic uh and i was either i was bouncing back and forth between like a cheap five dollar stylus and you know my finger right like that was that was it um and when we hit when we hit a certain point i said i gotta elevate my game um you know i, I got the ipad pro i learned procreate over a weekend i got the apple pencil um you know and at that point i had also you know i started firing through through pages and it was like okay now i've got a combination of things where i was drawing true sequential right like page one page two etc straight down the line right. uh so i was ping-ponging back and forth between other people's styles and my own so the things that i was picking up it was it was evident like my style had changed by the time i got back around to it and on top of that my whole setup had changed so the the first um the first two and a half pages and then page five 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 yeah i, I completely redid i actually did that um like a couple weeks ago um just to make sure that uh when it goes back to my style that it's uniform because you know we've been working on this for a little more than a year so there's been a lot of growth i feel on my end uh with with this for sure so making sure that it was uniform was really important to uh to me so and what about you matt was there anything that uh writing this is there anything that that you've kind of discovered or kind of helped out with your writing style yeah um there's so there's a couple things i will say for sure the the waterson page uh I, I I laugh every time we talk about it because it's it really is like um, it, we go a long way to make a really dumb joke, but it it works so well um, that I'm pretty proud of it, and I think Pete really knocked it out of the park. Um, and then uh, the last uh, the last verse in the book, um, I think that took me a long way because I I had to write a lot of action. Um, in that and I feel like I, I sort of got like a better sense of how to to panel like panel out action and of course like working with Pete is great because him and I just go back and forth he'll be like hey like can we blow this out and like make this a couple more panels and then I'll go back in and, and rewrite if I if I need to or, or you know adjust on the fly if I have to uh, so I think we, we definitely hit our stride as far as um, how well we collaborate by the time we hit that that last story for sure yeah totally totally so let's talk about the let's let's talk about the kickstarter so let's pull it up and uh and what we can do is just kind of you know give people a kind of like a little uh um you know seeing all the different levels of seeing or hearing about all the different levels um you know for the for the for the point of some people that might be listening to this podcast will um kind of do an audio commentary of of the different pledge levels so you have your 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 tip jar yep which is um which is always good and 
you then have the and then you have the the, the pdf version right this is what the the pledge level the 20 dollars level is oh uh, there's oh there's a couple okay do you want to talk to us about that um yep so the 20 dollars level is just it's literally the digital copy of the book um okay. and you also get a couple of digital comics that i've done in the past it's it's sort of like a did we call it the digital bundle um it's the same cost as the book it's just you're not paying shipping it's just 20 dollars okay. flat okay um, but yeah and then we, then there's going to be a playlist that we're going to do um that's with music that inspired the book as well so that's interesting so is it like a playlist of like known music or this is music that you've you've actually like yeah it's gonna creating. be it's gonna be not music that i created um it's gonna be just a playlist of songs that that um inspired certain scenes in the book there's definitely i was definitely listening to a lot of music um when i wrote it so i i have all that stuff in the back of my head um cool. so you can basically see like all right when i was writing this scene i was listening to this song okay Oh wow! Okay, but then you have the physical version. So, but the, if someone gets the physical version, it'll come out sooner than the digital version. No, it should be. Uh, that's weird. It should be the same time frame. That okay, uh, <laughs> typo on my part. Um, no, it should definitely be the same. Um, and again, the physical is the same cost as the digital, but you're paying shipping on top of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then you have one. Talk to us about the shopkeeper's delight. Um, oh. Yep. So that was our way to help stores. Like if they want to carry the book, they're basically getting six copies of the book at cost oh, wow. um, plus shipping. So um, that one's obviously hasn't seen a lot of movement yet, but I haven't done any real shop outreach for that one, um, which I plan on doing shortly. But um, yeah, it's just a standard retail uh, tier. Okay. All right. And then you kind of start getting into some more fun stuff here where you have some limited tier levels. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's surprising how many of those got snatched up on day one. Honestly, it's uh, right. That was, that was a nice surprise. Yeah. Nice. And that's, and that's the, uh, so what you get is, so what you get there is the, the physical copy, um, a five by seven ink commi commission. Uh, yep. And is that, so that they get a physical copy of that, but you also have some small things in there too, right? What is? Yep, every physical copy of the book. Um, we wanted to make it a good experience. You okay. Know? Um, so every physical copy of the book is going to come with a couple of stickers. Uh, it's going to come with a um, with a bookmark. That bookmark is going to have a QR code. We do have a merch site which we don't talk too much about, but um, it'll have a QR code on that for twenty percent off. Um, Everything's going to be shrink wrapped together with a cardboard backer. Uh, it's going to have a signed book plate that's going to have uh, my signature, Matt's signature, and uh, our letterist, Matt Kratzer's signature. On okay. it. Um, and in this particular bundle, I'll be making sure that the um, that the inked commission is going to be wrapped. I'm going to take good care of it with like tissue paper, make sure it's good, and it's going to go in the package as well. Okay. And what would so and then the difference between the traditional uh the physical the traditional art and then the digital portrait um is that you don't have the 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 traditional piece but you on the black and white heavy stock card right but then you'll have a digital 
a 500 DPI TIFF. Okay, um, instead. Big one. And, Big one. And that one's geared toward toward more of like the uh, like the the D and D crowd, right? right. So, um, I'll I'll draw your character for you. Okay. You know, um, I think that's kind of a thing, and I didn't I didn't realize that was how 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 big a thing that is nowadays either, which is kind of weird to me. Like, right. uh, you know, I played Dungeons and Dragons 15, 20 years ago, and I, I used to just freely like throw out drawings at people I was playing with, like, hey, here's your character. Hey, here's yeah. your character. And now it's like people are making 50 bucks a whack out of it. You know, it's, it's, crazy, it's crazy. And so then for $200, you basically can get that digital art that you would make for somebody on a canvas portrait yep we have a we have an awesome canvas uh canvas company that we work with um they have some really cool bells and whistles like some slightly metallic effects and that sort of thing so um okay. it's it's not just going to be like a printout it's going to be like really high def um i've done personal work with with them before too like for right. you know friends friends of family that sort of thing um doing portraits of you know kids dressed up as spider-man or that sort of thing right and uh i've never had any complaints about it so it's yeah <laughs> do you so this is this is awesome and like you and you've already have you know three backers on that already so and that's you only have five total on there yeah. so i you've seen a lot of these a lot of these are being picked up pretty quickly some of these premier pledges yeah it's a nice ego boost <laughs> uh, so 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 matt you you're no stranger to kickstarter you've backed over 140 kickstarters yeah much this to my good. uh much to the chagrin <laughs> of my wallet <laughs> <laughs> but but that gives you a little bit of street cred you know because this is your first one that says first backed but 140 so people know this isn't I always get weary when I see someone back their first Kickstarter and they haven't backed any Kickstarters. I'm like, all right, what's, what's your story yeah. here? Um, so there is, so, so there, so there's, so you have that, that street. So what was, and we have, we have, a, we always have like, you know, authors and artists and people that look at doing Kickstarters or have done Kickstarters in the past um, that, that watch or listen. So, so what advice would you give someone being your very first Kickstarter to able to hit over fifty percent on your first day, um, what are, what would be some advice that you would say? This is what I learned before. This is what I wanted. To, these are the things that I, these steps I wanted to make sure I did first. What were some of those things that you did? To, so to prepare. Uh, I will say that we we consulted with a buddy of mine, uh, my friend Easton Daverna, who's also a writer. He's wrote a couple of things, uh, Samurai Grandpa for Source Point Press. Um, he's done some creator-owned work as well. Uh, we talked to him. He's had three or four successful Kickstarters right uh, by now. Um, and we just kind of asked him all the questions, like, what what do we need to look out for? You know, he, he stressed about making sure our shipping numbers are correct, um, you know, making sure we're charging enough for shipping. He stressed, like, keeping it as bare bones as possible, which is what I wanted to do anyway in the first place because, listen, it's nice to get all, like, the fun, um, you know, tchotchkes with your Kickstarter, like a pin or, you know, a poster, all that stuff. That stuff is great. Right. Um, but, like, for us, we wanted it to be strictly about the book. 
you know right. um we, we did do the art tiers which is great but that that kind of coincides with the book um but yeah keeping it as bare bones as possible keeping the goal as modest as possible um was incredibly uh important to us again we're we're not pete and i are not taking a page rate on this book we're not making it we're not looking to make money on this book um the, our costs are simply going to kickstarter fees at production and and printing and that's it um right. any extra money we get off of this is going to go into uh hopefully a second volume okay. so yeah i would say keep it modest um you know try to to limit i guess the amount of of uh extra stuff you do because i think the other thing i i learned i talked to another friend of mine scott brian wilson um who's a writer and he he told me at one point for one of his kickstarters for a book he wrote called true cult um he was getting uh merch for the kickstarter from like six different vendors so he'd have to wait for all that that merch to arrive and then he'd have to sit there with his family and pack up every individual package for kickstarter he said it took forever um so i wanted to you know again limit that as well this is strictly about the book maybe in volume two we can explore some some other merch and and things like that but even still i don't think i would do it then either like i i really like this just being about the book you know yeah you get a book bookmark you get a couple stickers cool if you do the art tier you'll get a canvas or a little um commission that's that's cool too uh but the the less legwork that everybody has to do to to fulfill and then receive the kickstarter is is the better it's just a better experience all around okay and do you and so you know with that when you guys also got together to do this you know, granted, you guys met across the room at a Christmas party, but do you have? But when you sat down and decided to do this, did you say, "Okay, listen, I know we're and I, I know we're friends," but did you guys make a contract to say, like, say for instance, you get above and beyond? Have you decided, like, so is there anything that would would you recommend that to say if you're looking at artists and and, and letters and stuff like that? So uh, I would definitely recommend if you're working with somebody that you don't know mm -hmm. um, to to get into a contract situation. Um, again, Pete and I, uh, we've been friends for for longer than we've been creating. So, um, you know, and we have a very like we have a a, a pretty uh, similar understanding for how this all works and and you know what the end result is going to be. So. I think that's helpful, but yeah, I, for sure. If you're going to work with anybody that you don't know, like draft up some kind of contract. Right. Yeah. Uh, so what is your, so as you mentioned, so is there, obviously you kind of already insinuated it. Is there ideas for a volume two and a volume three or an ongoing series uh, like this? Uh, so yeah, there's ideas for volume two. Uh, as soon as I was I, actually, before I was even done writing it, I, I kind of pitched, uh, Pete, what I think a volume two would look like. Um, so yes, hopefully if everything goes well, fingers crossed, I think it will, but, um, our, we're, we'll definitely start once this is all wrapped up once, you know, everyone has their book and, and, you know, we've done a couple of shows, we'll start production on a volume mm -hmm. two. You know, I, I I will say I will say you know sometimes I need a palate cleanser with my art, right? Like I like oh, I'm drawing page after page. Like I just need to do something off the wall, silly. Usually it's in a notebook at work, like during a meeting. I'm like paying attention to, you know, and it's uh. So I, I've actually scribbled out a few things, you know, like 
potential designs, potential things. Right. You know, like what is what does this character look like in a more different scenario kind of thing, you know? Because you have it's what's interesting because you have you have a great fan base for Dungeons and Dragons crowd. You got a great mm -hmm. fan base for the anthology comic crowd, which is a is a is a fast growing you know group of readers. People yeah there's there's been a there's a, a fervent you know uh, you know subculture of people who like the the comic anthology, but then you also have the people that are like that like comics too. Uh, yeah, is there know. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. You, you know, I, 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 I'm glad you mentioned that because like I, <clears throat> a year ago, a year and a half ago, when the pandemic right. was kind of like in its infancy, like I, I hadn't really backed anything on Kickstarter, maybe like a thing or two. Right. And, you know, I was more into mainstream kind of stuff. And yeah. I think, I think over the last year and a half, I've, I've, I've backed a good handful of anthologies, which, you know, I never really read anthologies before. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have to say that just those anthologies alone, the ones that I backed, um, you know, have kind of turned my, they kind of turned my taste a little bit, you know, like now I look forward to these projects that I'm seeing on Kickstarter, I'm hearing about through people's tweets or Instagram or whatever. And, you know, that, that wasn't, that just wasn't me before. And it's, what's awesome is it's like, you could take that anthology to work. You could read somebody's little section and then you could kind of pause on it and then right. you can go back to it on a break or something. And it's, and, and, and it exposes you to just like how many talented people there are out there. And there's a lot, there's a lot, you know? Right. So um, if it wasn't for anthologies in general, um, I, I, I don't know where I would be artistically. You know, I think, you know, I think I'd be thinking, you know, things have to be a certain way, you know, I wouldn't be experimenting with my own stuff so much, you know, that, that very well could have impacted the visual nature of our book. Right. And, it, and yeah, and it, you, you know, and I think too, people are starting to get more because of this streaming world we live in where you've seen you know like black mirror or you know tales from the loop people have started to see this anthology type format yeah and people are being more familiar with it as well for sure for sure do you do you see yourself too matt as like in the sense of that do you think you've tapped into something that people like the idea of the concept of tapping into a um a, a as i say a tertiary character to become the main protagonist do you see you know, this as other that being the genre instead of the high fantasy piece, like doing like a space mechanic or like someone who's like, <laughs> like, like someone. Who's like <laughs> I mean, I, I to be honest, like I hope so. Um, yeah. I think I, I I really liked writing um, our character Martin, um because he he just really is that he's like an NPC, like he he doesn't you know he does kind of find himself in the book and and discover some things about himself and his family um but like for the most part like he's not really involved like in the action like there's there's parts of the book where the action doesn't even happen really on screen it happens off screen mm -hmm. so um and he's off he's doing stuff his own way he's do he's like he's adventuring in his own way um so it was it was just a lot of fun to write again like an underdog character like i feel like people relate to that like the, you know not everyone can relate to a conan you know what i mean like not we're not all out there swinging swords and and betting well, ladies you know what i mean um i mean not 
during work hours. But um, <laughs> again, like I just wanted to write a character that I felt, um, you know, uh, connected to in that way. Like I've, I felt like an underdog my whole life, you know, getting into comic comics, we're all underdogs, right. Until we start writing for the big two or getting, you know, paid page rates. Um, so I just, again, like I, I found it more enjoyable to write a character that isn't, you know, uh, the hero necessarily, but kind of hero adjacent. Right. Hey folks, I just wanted to take a quick break and say thank you so much for listening and watching Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. If you can, please subscribe. If you can, hit the like button. Go ahead and leave a review on your favorite podcast app that you might be listening to this on. And remember, always, always support local artists, support local writers, support independent creators. It sure does mean a lot to them. And we will be here at Story Comic to make sure that their voices are being heard. Thank you. Is there an overall message you want your readers to come out of on this after they read this? Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the the biggest message I think is uh, number one is like don't don't let other people dictate uh, who you are and who you should be. Mm -hmm. um, that's the biggest theme of the book. I mean, just to kind of quickly sum it up, uh, the Bard is is the son of this famous warrior. Um, and they come from a long line of other famous warriors. Every male in their family was a warrior, and they all died heroically. And he's the only one that decided to to go against the grain and, and pursue music over over you know learning how to swing a sword and, and fight. So I would just say like don't feel that pressure to be something that you don't want to be. Like be your own person. Um, mm. As long as you're not hurting anybody and you're you know and you're uh, being true to yourself, like that's really all that counts in life, to be honest. Right. And what about, what about you, Pete? What, what, what spoke to you about this project? I mean, I, I, Matt hit the nail on the head, you know, it's at its core, it's a story about somebody who, who's not afraid to be themselves. And that, that is the moral of the story. I think, mm. um, you know, throughout all of this, um, you know, my, my personal, um, personal story, I guess has been, you know, in the hopes that, you know, through this, like in some way, shape or form, you know, that I can, I can encourage somebody, maybe my kids, maybe somebody else, you know, to, to, to dive into their own artistic talents and to do something that they want to do. You know, I, um you know i had big goals and, and dreams of doing this many years ago um and you know nobody gets into comics for the paycheck right. and you know when you have a family to support some things have to get put to the side now that my kids are older my goal is that from this i can show them and hopefully maybe somebody else um that it's okay it's okay to pause in your dreams if you have to but you have to be true to yourself and go back to them and that very much, I feel, aligns with the core of our story that, you know, you have to be true to yourself. Yeah. And so, I mean, so, yeah, with that said, is that, do you see that as being, could this story have been told because of that if it was 
a, as you said, like a major type of player character in a way? Um, I, it, I suppose it could. I, I think um, I feel like using the, a lesser um, known character or a lesser used character type just makes her a better story. Again, like this is he's the everyman right like he's just a, a guy trying to, to to go on adventures not necessarily be involved in them but he needs content like he needs to he needs to play songs he needs to tell stories like so he wants to be involved in these ventures but he's not he's not directly affecting them he's just kind of there mm-hmm. um so i think it's just a better story all around to to have that character that is kind of there but then like sort of gets forced to you know to act in certain uh you know without giving anything away in certain situations like he got he kind of gets pushed into the into the forefront um mm. whether he wants to be or not uh, from a writing perspective is this how would you describe did you did you feel as though like the two of you kind of sit down and kind of say all right we need to kind of create a setting here we know it's going to be this high fantasy mm-hmm. but were there certain things you say well let's not put this in because that'll be a little too much like that or is there anything that's kind of specific to this world you've created um you know i think i think as far as like world building is concerned i think so much of it just came through off the cuff stuff you know like matt and i matt and i have messaged you know practically daily for a year where it's like hey did you see this thing and then I'd say, yeah, I saw this thing. And then like, we'd, we'd talk about, you know, whatever, <laughs> like a, a movie trailer or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's, hey, had an idea. And then we go right into, right into, you know, little things. And then it would just kind of snowball. And every time, every time an idea clicked, we were just like, okay, we're using it. Okay, we're using it. You know, and if it didn't, it didn't. But we just kept rolling. Um, and so, so Matt, because you said you 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 mentioned um, in a previous interview that this was the most that this is the funnest project you've ever worked on. What made this? How was this different than some of your previous projects? So, um, again, to to what Pete was saying, like just to tag on, he's saying like it's it's exactly for that reason. Like it's for the reason that like him and I would just go, hey, what about this thing? Like, like, what if we did this? And he would go, yeah, totally. And then he would do the same thing. Like, what if we did this? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Like, it was, it's just, yeah. the, the, it's fully collaborative, right? So in comics, comics is really insular. Like, you're, um, if you're doing, like, work for hire, um, for me, like, as, a, as the writer, like, I would write a script. I would hand it over to the editor. Like, I'd have conversations with the editor and then make changes if I had to, or if not, then they would pass it off to the, to the uh, penciler, and then I would never see it again until it's done. Right. So, like, you lose some of that, right, when you're doing stuff like this. Um, but in this case, like, this is so, again, so collaborative. Like, we're working side by side for the most part. Um, and, and that's, that includes with Matt Kratzer, the letterer, like we tell him like, Hey, like we have this idea for this thing. Like, can you roll with it? Let, like show us what it would look like. And we'll go from there. It's just, again, it's super collaborative, super fun. Um, and there was no stakes really for this. Like, this is something we were working on on the side. Like, you know, we didn't have a timeline that when we wanted to finish it until we started coming to the end, then we're like, all right, we need to you know, we're coming to the end. We want to get this out on Kickstarter at this time. But even then, like, I, I would always tell Pete, like, hey, dude, like, we make the rules here. Like, we can, if we need to push 
back on the Kickstarter for now. Like we could do that. Um, we can release the book whenever we want to. Of course, we want to do it as soon as possible. But again, like no stakes, like super low pressure um, mm -hmm. and just fun. Like it was just a lot of fun to just be like, hey, let's try this. Like, let me write this thing and, and let's write this joke. Or what do you think about this? And it was just it, it was just the best time, honestly. Yeah. 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 It really, it really was, you know, and like, I think it, there's, there's been a lot of, a lot of messages where like, I'll just, you know, I'll send him something that I, that I put together, you know, and then, you know, he'll send something back like, oh my God, that guy in the background. You know? and it's just like, <laughs> you know, like we're, like we're trying to, you know, try, trying to take, trying to take Matt's script and, and, and visualize it is very, I find, I find it to be very easy. Right. Like he's, he's, he's very pointed at like this, this is the context. This is, this is what we're looking for, but it's, but he's not saying, you know, to, to such, to such a specific level where it's like, okay, I have to draw it in this way and it becomes robotic. Right. Like it's, um, it's cool that I get to, I get to visualize how I want things to be visualized. And, you know, I use Matt's script as, as a guideline to do that. It's, um, it's been totally, totally great. Totally. And then, great. and then also your letterer did, did your letterer had to make his lettering different to the style of each part as well. Right. Then Matt had to do that. Yeah. So we, we specifically, I asked him specifically. So for the, um, for like the noir Frank Miller Sin City story, I told him, I said, I need you to make this font as close to Frank's as as you possibly can. Right. Like I need to, and he, he even like every um every verse has a title card that we see um and he even made like a sin city-esque title card for it yeah. um so yeah he's been super great about like when we tell him like hey we need it to look like this um he just knocks it out of the park and i think it said what well, in, in the kickstarter it mentioned it was it's about was it 64 pages and then but it's going to be 80 pages or so based with some some art in the back as well some yeah we have yeah. um 66 pages of of sequential of of story okay and then we have a bunch of bonus content um we have some pinups um from some artists that we uh brought on we have uh, a full map of like where places where the story takes place there's some other places that we don't see in the story but are just there um to fill the map out and then we have um what are they called pete character sheets yeah <laughs> like yep, the yep, D, &D noob sheets. on the team um yeah. but if if you want to play like some of the main characters in a D, D game like from our book we uh we had character sheets made up of them so you could pick the main character martillon you could pick his father i think um who's who else is in there lord bort and lord bort gary and gary gary the yellow goblin who we love who became our favorite character out of nowhere um yeah. he's the best but yeah there's just that, that extra and pete drew like a bunch of like stuff that we haven't even shared anywhere for the book like little like promo pieces and things like that that we'll put back there um but yeah just fun like back matter um right. to fill the book out yeah. no did your did your um did your buddy that gave you some tips on kickstarter is there anything that you that he told you about because now with with the with the pandemic there's been a lot of um delays and shipping delays and stuff like that was there any any specific advice that you would give to people that are thinking about doing a kickstarter now uh don't don't 
don't start it a week before um, or a week after the uh, postal service um, changes the price for shipping. Um, <laughs> that that was kind of a bummer. Um, uh, not not like a huge deal. I mean, the price for like media mailers only went up like I think it was like eighty cents or something, sixty cents, something like that. Okay. So it wasn't like a huge deal, but like when we were trying to do the math, like we were basically told that and like we had we were like putting it into like um what is it called matt like like review with kickstarter yeah it was you know it was getting put into review so like we already had we kind of had to have some math built in and it's like you know what if media mailers go up two bucks well then right that's a bad spot and and also do and what in uh, like printing is there any uh, any tips or advice or recommendations for Cause you did mention like that canvas printing service. Is there any mm -hmm. printing services that, that you guys uh, really grab a hold to that you, that you prefer? Well, I think, I think when, when we first started looking at like different printing options, you know, um, we kind of, we ran through all the big ones, you know, mm -hmm. we went through like Ninja, we went through, um, you know, a couple others and we decided um, with something like that, with like, uh, I think it's called print Ninja um you know like all of their printing is actually happening overseas so it's right. like so it's like if you're you're going to print it they're basically just a third like they're a middleman here between you and the printer and that printing is going to come from probably asia they're making a premium off of what you're paying probably um and then it's going to get delayed so that didn't work um and then we started looking at um what was the place we landed on Matt? Mi mix them mix them yep mix them and they're printed in the US. Uh, you know, we've got we've got fantastic, uh, fantastic lead times. So when we're all set and we know what that hard number is to print, uh, you know, we're we're gonna have physical product very quick. Okay. Um, yeah, and and you know, they got a few bells and whistles options. Not that we were really looking too much for that, but um right. but yeah, they've got some awesome features too. I would definitely yeah. recommend checking them out. Okay. Good. And that's they're also where you're getting like your pins and your book, you know, your bookmarks and prints and stuff there from there too. Uh, a lot of that stuff's actually going to be local. Um, oh, good, locally, good. Locally, okay. locally acquired. Um, you know the 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 stickers, the stickers. I'm actually I actually ordered elsewhere, but the the book plate and bookmark uh, we're doing local. Well, I'm doing local to me, so. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. Always good to support local if you can. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of that's kind of hard, I think, in this business, right? So it's um, right. wherever you can, wherever you can. Right. Good. Well, this is so. This is exciting stuff. So I got to say, once again, guys, you like your. You got thirty days, and you've already got like seventy-seven backers. So, um, any tips that you would give to uh, the the listeners or the or the the viewers on how to create that base? Uh, you had how to create that audience before your Kickstarter. How did you do that? Oh, um, it's a lot of. So I mean, I as you as you as you mentioned before, like I've been in comics for a while. Yeah. Um, I've met a lot of other creators. I've supported a lot of Kickstarters for other creators. Um, so we kind of have like uh, we have people in the background like helping us, you know, as far as like sharing and and supporting and things like that. I would just say like support other kickstarters um you know if you're a creator like get out there like talk to other creators like form that 
that like creator friend group because that has been invaluable for us Mm. um yeah i don't think i would have done this if i didn't um you know have a bunch of people that i could talk to ask them questions about kickstarter um ask them questions about shipping um and again ask for their help um like if i if i put out a tweet like we have a group chat with a bunch of creators if i put out a tweet i'll ask them like hey can you go on this tweet and like retweet it and like it and comment on it so that it gets better um you know view like the algorithm favors it better for whatever reason um and we found that stuff works um again we 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 hired somebody to to uh write up like press releases for us and send them out to to outlets and things like that um i would do that uh try to get on podcasts uh to talk about the book like talk about the book we were talking about this book since we started it um (laughs) once once pete had like the first uh basically the the first character uh drawing of of our character martin like we were talking about this book talking about that we were working on it um yeah just keep keep talking about the things you're working on keep uh promoting other other creators talk to other creators um and yeah like it's just it, it is a lot of work but at the end of the day it's it's clearly worth it so yeah and 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 and, and not to be discouraged right because i think it's easy i think it's easy to fall fall into like some level of discouragement or, you know, real life gets in the way and that kind of stuff happens. Um, you know, the, the trick is basically, you know, not to let it hold you down. It can get you down, but you got to get back up, you know? Well, I mean, you get knocked down, you got to get up again. I mean, you never, they're never yeah. going to keep you down. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, did you just quote Chumbawamba? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That we just well played. The, the Chumbawamba <laughs> method. <laughs> well played. <laughs> the tub thumping. <laughs> well, this is great, guys. So, like, so this is. I'm, I'm really excited. To, uh, I'm really excited to check this out, and you know, and. Congratulations on putting out a great, you know, putting out the book. Congratulations on getting it together, and and um, and really excited to see the future projects of the of uh, of of uh, Sumo and Collins Incorporated. <laughs> awesome. We got some, I, like I said, we have some stuff in the works. Uh, I don't want to tip my hand hand too much, but there is a potential follow up for this. So fingers nice. crossed, everything goes well and. All right. So that, that's a story comic presents exclusive then, right? You just mentioned Yes, it, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> it it is potentially a theoretical exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot, guys, and and uh, and I, I look forward to I look forward to you know seeing more of your your projects. Awesome. Thank, Thank you very much for your time. We appreciate it. And so, Pete, you got your, you got your all, you got all your, uh, your pop culture stuff behind you, huh? Uh, it's you know, I bought all this stuff, but it's my son's. I I, <laughs> I hide in his room for these because it's uh, the coolest room in the house, uh, both visually and temperature wise. Right. And uh, it's it's the only place where I can sneak away. It's like in the far corner of the house, so like, <laughs> no one bugs me.
<laughs> you tell your son that's why he's like, uh, Daddy's gonna do. I, I gotta go talk about comic yeah. books. So can I go yeah. into your room? For your <laughs> yeah, yeah. The other day, I was like, I was like, you gotta make sure your room's clean. And he's like, my room's pretty clean. I'm like, but it's not camera clean. Uh, <laughs> get in there, get in there, and take care of it. 